talking about thankfulness and Thanksgiving. This is Thanksgiving week. Thank you for the volunteers who helped out. Um, and just a way to illustrate how we respond can greatly influence what we receive. Okay? And so having, having a heart of gratitude and being thankful actually positions you to receive more. Right? Uh, and that's kind of the idea of this. Yeah, there's a direct connection of Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving week. There's really a direct connection to Thanksgiving. I'm just looking at both parts of it over the course of the next uh, month. Because we're going to four Sundays to talk about Thanksgiving. But I really want to emphasize why we're going to talk about thankfulness and giving. And there is a connection, a direct connection between being grateful and being generous. Build on one another. Yeah. God wants everyone to be full of thanks, thanksgiving, and be grateful. <clears throat> he wants everyone to be faithful to give, faithful givers as well. And it's because giving, uh, they're, they're connected, it's God's design. Giving releases blessing. And when you give what you have, there's a, there's a release of blessing. And that, and that produces more thanksgiving. Give you something. General response is gratitude, and gratitude opens up opportunity, actually provokes or encourages more giving. And so there's 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 this cycle that develops, the benevolent cycle, that one leads to the other, and this leads to the other. So that's what we're the idea I want to introduce to you. So as we begin this series on Thanksgiving, I'm going to be talking about, this is the year that I talk about topics I normally don't talk about. I'm out of the way, but I've never preached on hell in the past for 25 years. Earlier this year we preached on hell. Never teach on the end times. Uh, series on the end times. So. <laughs> and I hardly ever speak about uh, giving. And so I just it was on my heart because it's important. I may have actually been guilty of neglecting that, so please forgive me. But we want to begin by understanding the role of, of gratitude and thanksgiving in the context of giving. I'm going to start with a rather obscure uh, text for this from the prophet Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. How many present over Jeremiah? Scripture are actually found in your mind. Because in the midst 
of declaring the penalty for uh, disobedience. God's word also declares the promise that he intends to bring to his people. So we're going to read Jeremiah 30, 18, verse, uh, verse 18 through 22. First, we're going to read it in the ASB, and then we're going to read out of the message. So the ASB goes like this. It says, Thus says the Lord, uh, Behold, I will restore. Let me just one more point about the historical context. Um, in the timeline, a large number of Israelites had already been taken captive, but Jerusalem had not yet fallen. So many people were already in bondage in Babylon, um, but Jerusalem hadn't fallen yet, but it was about to. That happens in just a few chapters. But here's Jeremiah prophesying. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will restore the fortunes of the tents of Jacob, and have compassion on his dwellings. The city shall be rebuilt on its mound, and the palace shall stand where it used to be. They were still standing at that point, but they weren't going to be much longer. In verse 19, Out of them shall come songs of thanksgiving, and the voices of those who celebrate. I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. I will make them honor, and they shall not be small. Their children shall be as they were of old, and their congregation shall be established before me, and I will punish all who oppress them. Their princes shall be one of themselves. Their rulers shall come out of their own midst. And I will make him draw near, and he shall approach me. For who would dare of himself to approach me, declares the Lord. Make this wonderful promise, verse 22. It says that you shall be my people, and I will be your God. I'm going to read this from the message, which kind of gets into a more contemporary language, hopefully, so we can understand or even more feel the, the emotions that are being expressed. In God's promise. So in uh, verse 18 of the message, it says, Again, God's message. I'll turn things around for Jacob. I'll compassionately come in and rebuild homes. The town will be rebuilt at a full foundation. The mansions will be splendid again. Thanksgiving will pour out of the windows. Laughter will spill through the doors. Think of that. Oh. Think of the town that is described as Thanksgiving pouring out of the windows and laughter spilling through the doors. That's pretty cool. Things will get better and better. Things will get better and better. Depression, whether it be financial or emotional, days are over. They'll thrive, they'll flourish. The days of contempt will be over. They'll look forward to having children again, to being a community in which I, in which I take pride. I'll punish you on the earth. And their prince will come from their own ranks. One of their own people shall be their leader. Their ruler will come from their own ranks. I'll grant him free and easy access to me. This is God's seed. Would anyone dare do that on his own, to enter my presence uninvited? He says, and that's it. You'll be my very own people, and I'll be your very own God. Right? So this is a this description is actually a picture or a description of the fulfillment of a very common verse. I want to recommend the next verse is Jeremiah 29:11. All right. Of course, that would be the chapter previous. Right. So often it's quoted. I know, the Lord says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. 
a video future to hold. Well, what does that future look like? It looks like the verse I just read to you. As he describes the future in the next chapter, it's this future where everything is restored and rebuilt and thanksgiving pours out the window, laughter pours out the door. This is the future, and this is God's hope and future that he desires for his children. Right? And what I love about this is that um, the only thing that people do is to be thankful. You know, this is a promise. It's a promise. A promise. It's not a command. There's no command in the scripture. There's no rebuke in the scripture. There's no, if you do this, then I'll do that. Is it? This is a promise. In fact, it's actually because you completely screwed up the generations and generations, you're going to lose everything. But you know what? I'm going to be your God. And you're going to be my people. And what that looks like is that I'm going to come in and everything is desolated by the enemy. I'm going to restore. I'm going to come with compassion and I'm going to rebuild. How many saw the pictures of the destruction of the city? So that they could be part of the remnant that came back. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
right? In the same way, we need to believe God and position ourselves. We need to live in the place of being, uh, being the ones that are set free. Uh, this is what our life should look like when we're set free through faith in Jesus Christ. We, we can have that promise. That's the fulfillment. Actually, the promise in there that you, uh, they would be ruled by someone out of their midst, that's one of the messianic prophecies. That there would be a ruler that would come out of their own people. Eventually, Christ did come out of those that that was restored to Babylon. He came out of that and was the ruler that came to bring peace to remove all oppression and all contempt, to take our sins away from us. Right? So it was a promise of, of relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Pictured in the natural, fulfilled in the spirit, so we can have the same promise. That's what God wants for us. You need to believe that. And if you believe that, then it should produce gratitude. Right? I mean, if you, if you accept that promise, then your heart, uh, should, out of your heart, should, should flow thanksgiving. So what I want to talk about this morning before we, we get into the idea and the, the, the issues of, of giving and how to give and what to do, all giving needs to come out of this gratitude that we see in picture in Jeremiah. And it's a gratitude about having a restored relationship that we are God's people and he's ours. This personal relationship restored and all the promises. We need to live as people of the promise. So it's kind of like I want you to picture uh, gratitude. Um, it's like the trust. Actually, my wife uh, wanted for her birthday a coffee ice cream pie, which she makes really well. But she got me in the Therefore, by him, 
Let us continually offer the sacrifices, the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. In verse 16 it says, But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Let me read that in the New, in the New Living Translation. A little more contemporary wording. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Okay, the first part of this verse is, uh, you know, this is not our permanent home. We're looking forward for the home to come. Therefore, right? so he sets up you know, what our, our life, your life, everything that you know as life and the world system, this is all temporary. We don't live based on the outcome that we see in this life. That's the presumption the writer brings into this. We live based on the expectation and the promise of what God's going to bring. So it's just like the Israelites, they needed to focus on the promise. And God gave them that promise and you them in captivity, but I'm going to bring you back. You need to live based on that promise. And even while you're in there, prosper. His mother in captivity said, you class at the end, get married, I'm going to possibly do it, but I'm going to bring you back. A similar way. We're here in this land, but this is not our home. But we need to live not based on this world's uh, uh, modus operandi, but on our, our, our eternal home's modus operandi, right? How heaven works, how God works in his kingdom. That's what it says. And it says, therefore, then he tells us, because we believe that, we should offer up continual praise. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to God. Well, we got that now. Right? We're a pair of miniature praise out. We actually lifted our hands in worship. I was not bad. We were like umpires in the wall. Some people that didn't come out. They're like the people from Rock.
gave you permission to drive on the road for another year. <laughs> All right, so everything, every word, that's what it means to continually praise. It's what we're saying. God, you are so awesome. We praise our saying, William, in your room, in the heaven. But still, because we're honoring God, it's coming out of the, the cross of there, the thankfulness, the gratitude. And that's so great. Um, but it goes on. Don't forget to do it and share. Alright? So we're real familiar in the New Testament with that first sacrifice, but there's actually two sacrifices. Or more than one sacrifice. Uh, and uh, in the case of the great God speaking about worship in the last couple of weeks, we don't offer animals and carcasses and burn on uh, fire, but there are sacrifices that continue. And uh, one of them is singing, they can praise, the other one is sharing. And this word that's translated here, don't forget to do good and to share. Those in need, or don't forget to do good and to share. Uh, with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Well, the, to do good and to share, the word share there is the Greek word koinonia. We've been around church long, that's one of the Greek words that you really should take a note. But this koinonia was it normally translated. And it 
naturally means money. All right? A gift jointly contributes when we take an offering. All right? Or when we collect money to send to a need uh, of some sort. Okay? And I love how the dictionary puts it. It's, the, uh, it's exhibiting an embodiment and proof of fellowship. The money that you give is the embodiment and proof of whether or not you're in fellowship. Am I saying that the money that you give actually proves whether you're not you're part of this church? No, I'm not saying that. The Bible is. <laughs> that's the meaning, that's why they chose this word. Because it means more than just being a member of a church. It means more than just having friends. It means being intimate, doing your part, and giving what needs to be given so that we can all do what God calls us to do. And if you remove any one, some people think they can participate but not contribute. You know, kind of the way it makes up for it. Well, does that mean if someone just throws in our other boat, they don't have a do anything? No, you know, it doesn't reduce the number of people we need to help in children's ministry just because someone drops in, you know, more money in the plate. We actually have to do both. And you know what? You have to be our friends, too. <laughs> you know what? It is a sacrifice. Let's just be honest. This is a sacrifice. But sacrifice is from a blessing. In other words, there's a cost from God promises to, 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 to pour out a blessing in response to the sacrifice. And so that's, this is the idea of community. Biblically, it means all three of these. It doesn't mean just drinking coffee and pillows. It means participating, it means growing in intimacy and closer to one another, and it means giving your share of, and, and, and literally uh, financially uh, contributing to the cost of the whole. And, and all of those things cost. It costs emotionally involved in the body. It costs time. I understand it's all of them do the same over time. It's this physical cost. You have to actually move your body and make it here, you know? The church is limited. The church as a whole is limited by 
want to live in but you're loving the whole community. But that's not limit the promise. Right? Just limit how you can partake of the promise. Right? God's promise stands. Um, and, 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 and the reason I'm sharing this is that I want you to partake of the fullness of the blessing that God has for you. And I want the church to partake of the fullness of the blessing that God has for her. Gratitude um, uh, is, uh, is the soil, the heart condition out of which sharing and giving should arise. It positions us to express thanksgiving and to receive from God and others. So this heart attitude of gratitude, actually, it, it's out of that that uh, giving must come. It can't be out of a grudge, duty, or obligation. That doesn't please God. But if you're really grateful, and every day I'm grateful, God's given us so much. We have so much. So many people have nothing. We have so much. It's just an honor. It's an honor to acknowledge God, you've just blessed me so much. I don't deserve any of this. And out of that enables you to give, and that produces thanksgiving. You give somebody something, they thank you for it. Listen, there's a little secret here. When you give, you actually become more grateful. You actually, you actually realize this is a blessing that absolutely you get. God opens up blessings for you spiritually. Then you get generosity is the act that actually produces gratefulness and thankfulness. So when we're generous, that's the action that will produce in others gratefulness. But it also has that effect in us as well. Gratitude is the soil, generosity is the act. Uh, the more generous you are, the more thankfulness you will receive, and the more gratitude you will possess. It's a benevolent cycle, one each one. The reason I'm sharing this out is the beginning is that I want gratitude and thankfulness to be kind of like across the foundation out of which I start teaching on the principles of giving over the next three weeks. But I don't want to be honest when I mention this actually every Sunday. Financially, the church is doing better than we This is not out of fear or concern. Uh, it's actually out of black. It's not talking to me for years. It's not something I feel like I get excited about. Um, but it's truth that it says to me. And it's something to live by. Um, but, uh, you know, our average three days is actually higher than those last year. Um, and we can for it to But let me just give you some numbers. Um, concerning our church. Um, we calculate how much comes in. I personally don't look at individual people's giving. I don't know how much you give. I can't even let the computers put up, but I know. I just I don't care. I, I only do it if I have to to put some request that information or the problem of some sort. Um, but we did go through and just calculate some numbers and we found out that twenty percent of the people that regularly attend um, year to day have given absolutely nothing. And another 20% have given an average of about 75.
Thank you. 